And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. I'm joined alongside my good friend, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. How are we doing? Good, good. Uh, I didn't know that this is now an extension of Are You Serious Sports? That was <laughs> that was how you let it in. I don't know if you did that on purpose or not. So when you've done Dan, I know, I'm just giving you shows. crap. I'm giving you crap. I do yeah. this all. I do it all the time. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> I don't know how else to uh, introduce myself. I mean, maybe I could come in like Jay Z. They call me Hove. H to the O V. <laughs> you should do that. I think that'd be a good uh, a good way to open. We've got a lot of a lot of SEC coaches that are calling their shot this week. They, in, we do so we do got a massive show in store for you sec media days are underway listen joe I, i've said this this week countless amount of times okay uh it bears repeating i think we're on a collision course for two teams okay in the sec mm. i'm getting called a homer i'm it, the bias is out and it's okay it is 1000 percent okay but I think we're on a collision course. Do I think that LSU can take over Georgia? I don't. I I I don't know that. Okay, I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. However, Alabama's got a lot of explaining to do, and they have a lot of question marks. I, I've heard this week it's going to be Ty Simpson. I've heard this week it's going to be uh, 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 Jalen Milrow. We'll see. We'll see, but it's been a good SEC media day so far. Greg Sankey taking shots, Tennessee, he answered questions and honestly called out Congress and told him, look, man, we can't do anything until you act. So it's been a pretty eventful media days for the SEC by far. Yeah, there has been uh, a lot of early headlines. And kind of, as I said, there's a lot of coaches that are coming out swinging. We've, you know, we've got... Uh, we've got Kirby, I, I guess in a way it was kind of joking, but he was also serious taking a, a jab at Eli Drinkwitz and, and his very prolonged monologue that he had yesterday. And we've also got comments from BK that we're going to be talking about. We've got, as you mentioned, Greg Sankey, who has called out Congress. He's also uh, called out a number of different things, including the Big 12. We've got so many things already, and we've got two more days left of media day i think that the real headlines as you talked about though are going to come when nick nick saban speaks which it's almost cliche to this point where whenever nick saban speaks we sit we listen and we evaluate he is somebody who is always going to bring a headline just like kirby smart has gotten to that point but this year more than ever we've never had so much offensive uncertainty we've never had so much uncertainty for their roster in general and i'm curious to see if maybe he gives us a little bit of a uh, a telling sign of who maybe that quarterback is going to be. I don't think that he will. I think you're going to get a lot of fluff. Okay. Probably. No, we're not talking about Adam 22 and that kind of fluff that's going on on <laughs> social media. We're talking, I'm talking about, he's not going to tell you because you know what the truth is. He mm-hmm. does not know. He doesn't know. If Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow would have ran away with it, Tyler Buckner would not be there. He would be at Rudy Pooh state call it what it is okay that's just the underlying truth at some at some point joe tonight's show is going to be a lot about reality and i think that we have to come to a serious or have a serious discussion about reality 
Okay? So what's the truth? I don't want to go full uh, 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 Tom Cruise and say, I want the truth. Well, you can't handle the truth. We got to start talking reality because, Joe, in two weeks, less than two weeks, we will be out of camps. We will be going around camps across the country. Okay? Football is in the air, baby. And I love every single minute of that. So we'll talk about everything going on SEC Media Days here today. We have a lot to discuss. But, Joe, before we get rolling, I do have some trivia for you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Speaking of Nick Saban, who were the only three coaches in college football's history that while Nick Saban has been at the University of Alabama to beat him more than once? Who are the coaches to have beaten him more than once while he's at Alabama? Yes, there's four. There's four. Mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher? No. No? Okay. I'm I'm mixing this up with the with the question of which of his former assistants. Which, yeah, which four coaches then have once. beaten Nick Saban more than once? Kirby Smart? No. Really? Oh my God! No. Wow, I am go. I am batting zero here with this. Yeah, you're zero for two. Which coaches in Alabama? I'll give you. Listen. I'll give you. I'll give you a massive hint. Okay, give me one hint on this. Auburn. Gus Malzahn. That is one. Is Gene Chizik the other one? No. Okay, so there's one Auburn. What the heck other schools could have Auburn? Wait, there's only you said that there's four coaches. Yes, Auburn. Gene Chizik. I said Gene Chizik. Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Auburn. Yes, Hugh it... Freeze at Auburn. Oh my God! Twice. Okay. okay. Can you name the two others? Someone gave Don't me him. Less Miles. Chat. Don't look at that. <laughs> Do not let, look at let... that. Les Miles yes, is Les Miles is, is, is the third. Is the can third you name one? The, okay, can you name the fourth. Nobody give me this hint. Don't do. Oh, somebody said Dabo. Is it? Is it Dabo? It is Dabo. Oh man, I blew that one. Wow, yeah, I did terrible suck. on that one. You oh my god. Uh, can, all right. I have. I have. Um, I have one relatively easy one for you. Okay. What team has the most BCS bowl appearances? BCS Bowl specifically. I, I just I feel like I gotta say Alabama. It's not Alabama. It's not an SEC school. Ohio State? It is Ohio State. Yeah. I, I was torn between in my head. I was like, well, Nick Saban's been there since 20, 20, uh, uh 2007, but I knew I'd be cutting it close because the playoff started in what 13 or 14, something like that. Yes. Yes. So yes. I, I knew I'd be cutting it close. How many does Ohio state BCS bowl appearances do they have? Nine, nine is the answer for that, man. I am so disappointed in myself that you I did that so poorly. Crazy. You know what's so crazy about that? Uh -huh. They only what? got one natty out of it in the BCS era. Yeah. They only have one. You know, they, only have one. they got beat by LSU. They lost to Miami. Yeah. They suck. They they have always been one of the most underwhelming teams. Disappointment you is what did yes. you just see a long time ago? This like during COVID, they tried to copy, copyright the word the. Yes, I saw that. That was 
So yeah. stupid. Unbelievable. Because they were sick of other other people using the on in front of things. And that you, you can't just like LeBron trying to copyright Taco Tuesday. You can't do that, you hack. Why you gotta t- attack LeBron? This is part oh, geez, the same thing. Same thing. Show, you right? like LeBron? I am. I well, let me say this. Mm-hmm. I was a massive LeBron fan until things got extremely political, and then I was out. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, for Christmas one year, my father-in-law got me, me and my wife, courtside tickets to go watch the Heat, uh, to go watch the Cavs, and um, the Pelicans. The Pelicans. The Pelicans won. Uh, Julius Randle went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, wow. in LeBron's face, and then LeBron came down the court and hit a windmill right on him and then stared him down and then grabbed his nutsack when <laughs> uh, he was walking off the court. He is – look, he I, I will say this until I'm – he is the most imposing athlete I've ever seen in my life. LeBron? Oh, LeBron, absolutely. Like, it's not – I mean, guys, he's 6'8", 260. And yes. watching him – run like – Joe, like, like when I'm sitting here and watching him run faster than like Drew Holiday down the court, it, it's, I, I mean, insane. like the, the dude's insane. Yeah. The dude's insane. And yes, Ohio State, Jamar Sexton says Ohio State did beat Miami. That's true. Uh, Marquise, that was the one uh, they Marquise Claret. Marquise Claret. Maurice, Maurice, Maurice Claret. Claret. That's a name you didn't think you would hear on today's show. One of, uh, one of the best 30 for 30s, by the way, for anyone. Yeah, and this one coming out on Netflix with Florida, Ooh. Johnny Manziel. Why the frick is Jake Paul in it? Well, he's one of the ones that they, re- they release like a series of them. I think that there's like a separate one that's a Jake Paul one. On this. I, I didn't look into it, but I think that yeah. that's Jake Paul what that is. Like yeah, the I Paul brothers stink. Like everybody's I like, oh, what about Prime? I'm like. The only prime I care about is Dion, which, by the way, yeah. we might talk about that at the end. Brent yeah. Venables was asked a question, and, of course, people blew it out of proportion. All right, so we do got a lot in store for you. I don't want to get banned on Facebook or blocked on Facebook for spam, which we got verified on Facebook today. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on here. Uh, but if you if you could do us a favor on Facebook, hit the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And everybody on Fubo, thank you for watching. Joe, let's get to our first break. Let's break down these SEC media days because I think that we might have maybe a little bit of a debate here, but I think we're going to come down to the same uh, conclusion on most of these. Talk about our good friends over at Online. Don't go anywhere. We're back next. Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Texas isn't. Nope. But you know who is? 
Who? You're going to make me say it. There, look, because of this show, we do not talk LSU, okay, because of me. And, I, and I, look, I 1,000% get that. It is what it is. They're back. I don't disagree with that. Do you? I think we should start off with BK. I know that I'm kind Are of redirecting so, a little bit. Let's just preface this. So SC Media Days are underway. A lot of coaches talk. Brian Kelly, Clark Lee, which, look, man, I, I kind of want to go in, in on Vandy a little bit here, Joe. Mm. $100 million being spent. The entire city of Nashville renovating everything around Vanderbilt to accommodate yeah. them. Their baseball stadium. Look. They've had the they have the first woman AD in the SEC. She's also a, a, a minority. She is out there wheeling and dealing, dog. We'll get to Clark Lee in a minute. V- Look, don't sleep on Vandy. I, no, I, no. I keep telling you this. They're gonna get to six wins. Mark my word, they're getting the six wins. I'm just telling you. All right. We'll see if they get there. We'll see if they but get there. But you want to start off on BK. We'll get to yeah. Um, the reigning defending national champs, Georgia, next, and Kirby Smart. Brian Kelly started off the dais, okay? After Greg Sankey, which we have to do a whole segment on, on Sankey, we will, we'll get that too. They're back, okay? And, Joe, this gets missed with LSU on a national scale, national level, Okay. The family, the recruiting with with recruit, uh, the dancing with recruits, the th- this happening, that happening. Oh, LSU's not in the top ten currently in recruiting. Whatever. All I'm going to say is, on July the 18th, 2023, the year of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you better be careful what you say because Daddy's keeping receipts. You, it's not just LSU. Mm. I'm talking about that too on a national scale. People talking about Georgia, Alabama. Like people are still out here saying, Joe, that Alabama's not going to win 10 games. And I'm like, the hell they aren't. They're going to win 10 games. All I'm saying is, is Brian Kelly alluded to this. Guys, I think I've really closed the gap here in the SEC. Joe, at some point, someone's going to have to come on the show and tell me where they haven't. Offensive line, everybody returned. They had two freshmen that were the bookends last year. They're back. Two guards, they're going to be in the NFL. They're going to get drafted next year. They're back. The only question mark that you may have is at center. They have 30 starts there that is returning. Wide receivers, you know what you have. Running backs, you know what you have. Tight ends, you know what you have. Jane Daniels could arguably be the best returning starting quarterback in the SEC. I don't know if he it will end that way, but I think you can make that argument. Defensively, Harold Perkins is back. You get a All-American and Omar Spates at linebacker. You get five-star, a five-star guard, uh, a five-star guy in Denver Harris, Zy Alexander and others. You're going to have to start people are going to have to start telling me where LSU didn't close the gap here. But if anybody else was the coach at, at LSU, not named Brian Kelly, mm. I do feel like this would be a different scenario. I still feel like if Ed were the head coach, people would be like, damn, man, Ed's really got a good squad. But because it's Brian Kelly in his past, they oversee what he's done 
with this roster. Joe, I don't mean this in a wrong way. Let's just be real for a minute. He went up against Alabama how many times at Notre Dame? Three? I want to say it was at least two. No, I know for a fact it was at least twice. Okay, so at least twice. Let's call it what it is, buddy. He got smoked. Yeah. He comes to LSU. He wins. With a roster that he started out with 39 scholarship players. At some point, the realistic nature has to come up and say, when he comes out like he did in SEC media days and says, guys, I've closed the gap. Where is he wrong? I Look, I see it. I completely agree with, with him talking about having closed the gap. In terms of the talent on the roster needed to compete for an SEC title. And we need to be clear here. When we say compete for an SEC title, it's just getting to the SEC title game. Joe, that, that, they're gonna that be, also I'm means, to, our, to rudely interrupt you, that means playing Alabama in November and both of you are undefeated. You're still competing at that exact moment yeah. to go to a SEC championship game. Continue, I'm right. sorry. Not saying that they're going to beat Georgia. I don't think that they're there yet. But when we're talking about the gap that's being closed – it's between them and the other top teams. There's still a gap between them and Georgia. I don't see them yet on that level where they're going to be able to, to potentially knock them off and upset them. It took so long for, for Kirby Smart, multiple recruiting classes of elite defensive players to build a roster this way where the young guys sit for a couple of years, they work their way up, they become starters. This is what Alabama did for the longest time in the 2010s. And they, they've kind of gotten away from that. It feels like they're not as deep as they've been in the past. But LSU's just not there yet. I think the gap has been closed and they've established themselves as quite possibly the second best team in the SEC. I see it. I think a lot of people are unwilling to admit that. I know that this, this roster's not perfect, but it is way more talented than where Ed Ogeron left it off when he was fired. But I still don't see it, Blake. That the there's still a gap between them and Georgia, and I don't, I, I don't think that's a knock. I don't think it's a knock. No, it's not a knock. But at the at the same time, he never said that we've we've gotten to where Georgia is. Right. He didn't, he didn't even say that we've gotten to where Alabama is from a depth perspective. Yeah. He said that we closed the gap. Yeah. Okay. At worst, at worst, LSU's the third best team in the SEC. At worst. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think that you can make the argument that they are not the third most talented team in the SEC. Joe, I still think that, but I still feel like I can make the argument that they're better than Alabama right now. Okay? I think that they are. I really do think that they are better than Alabama. If, if anyone wants to call me a dumbass for making that statement, I'd rather pick the team that has an incumbent quarterback who looked really good in spurts, and is only going to be better this upcoming season. And if he doesn't work out, his backup's really good compared to what's going on in Alabama where there's multiple holes and there's multiple question marks. I, I, again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself saying I want to know what Nick Saban's going to say tomorrow. It's going to be a whole lot of nothing. and He's probably going to have a couple snarky remarks. But I, I don't know. I feel a lot of confidence in LSU. I know that me saying that there's still a gap between them and Georgia sounds like I'm being negative, but I really do see it. I see that this roster, this team, and Brian Kelly has placed them in a position to be that second-best team right now. And I haven't seen him this confident before. Being a Notre Dame fan, seeing him from a year-to-year -year basis in so many different post-game interviews, so many 
uh, different media availabilities. I've never seen him this confident before. He did seem very um, – it's not cocky and it's not really confidence that I felt. Mm-hmm. You know what I felt like? Just like, hey, man, this is what we got and we know it. You know, maybe you can – maybe it is just overall confidence. He did talk about some holes that they got to fill. The reason LSU won't win, okay, the SEC or the West – is that they did not get better on third down. That's it. Joe, the four games that they lost were the four four worst games that they had on third down defensively. They couldn't get off the field. They also didn't have the depth. Now they do. I like where they're at. Now, the only thing for me that would set apart on why I think that they could, could beat Georgia It's the same way that teams have beat Alabama in the past. It's the same way that teams, quite honestly, with good defenses under Kirby, even when he lost the national championship his first time when he got there and they played Alabama, elite quarterback play. I think if Jane Daniels takes that next step, which, Joe, he's up from 185 to 207, 208, he's obviously put in the commitment in the weight room. We'll, We'll see where he goes there. This team will go as their quarterback goes, and I think that he will have a better year than he did uh, uh, did, he did a year ago. Mm-hmm. The one thing, though, in transitioning here to Georgia, yeah. look, Kirby Smart was electric today, and there's no other way to sugarcoat it. They asked him about three-peating. They asked him about traffic incidents, which I told you on this show two months ago, If you think it was bad now, you should have seen it when he first took over. He said, guys, when I first took over, it was like seven or eight happening in a day. At least we're having one a week, okay? some That's going to happen when you have alpha males in a room. Alpha males don't want to listen to rules. That's just how it's always been. Can can I just say this, by the way? Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I'm slowly starting to get vibes that he is – turning just it's going to take a while for this to happen but he is just gradually slowly turning into his mentor nick saban he's i'm just he's there he, he's there he's he, been there he seems like in the past and, and again maybe i'm off base here he, he was a little less jaded and i think now he just seems <laughs> just so i'm done talking to you guys he's like oh he's so dude, out he's there. In the media. i can tell he's he's done putting up with people not only is he is he there he was there after the first natty <laughs> like he's been there. He's he's been to that spot. Yeah. You know, but for me, listening to him today and him talking about the one thing that I, I that keeps me up all night long is complacency. I if you're a fan of college football and you have a favorite team, you did not like hearing what you heard today from Kirby Smart because mm-hmm. that man is obsessed with not being complacent, okay? And so, look, they have a lot of question marks. A lot of people around Georgia, I already know, they think Carson Beck's more talented than Stetson Bennett, but being more talented doesn't win you natties, okay, at at the quarterback position. We've seen the most talented quarterbacks, Bryce Young, never win a national title. They have a lot that they have to replace offensively and defensively. Now, they've reloaded. 
they're my favorite to win the SEC. I don't think that you could pick against them right now to mm-hmm. not be your favorite in the SEC. But what do you what did you take away today from Kirby and a lot of the things that he said? Well, the big thing you brought up is the complacency comment. And I know that for an outsider, it's easy to just hear that and be like, oh, it's coach talk. He's just saying, you know, what every coach is going to say. But being in a locker room, being around a coaching staff, and also understanding what the dynamics are, and especially the history of qualities of teams, teams that are this good that they can win three straight national championships. I think this is a really telling statement. You said that if you're uh, a fan of a team that's not Georgia in this in the country, you should be afraid. If your head coach shows up at media day and he is championing, championing and bringing up the importance of not being complacent, that to me shows why you should be afraid of what could happen for Georgia because they're not going to allow what happened the past two seasons stop them from achieving it again this upcoming year. Look at all the times that there have been dynasties across college football. A lot of the times, those guys, when the the previous class is out, the next class comes in, they assume that they're untouchable. And that's how you lose football games. If you overlook opponents the same way that they did against Missouri this past year, that is how you lose football games. The only thing that stands in Georgia's way is themselves. It's the only thing. I don't I don't agree with that. I let me tell you why I don't agree with that. Because <clears throat> Stetson Bennett had more starts as a college quarterback in his entire career at junior college. He he played some at Georgia before he left. Carson Beck, we we don't know a lot about Carson Beck. When so I agree with what you're saying. I understand okay. with what you're saying. I don't think that people realize how big of a replacement it is to replace Stetson Bennett. Look, me and you all every Saturday throughout the year had this debate about Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Buddy, he is a back-to-back two-time national champion. Okay? Okay. I don't give two Rudy Poos what you say about him. I don't care about him as a prospect. I care about him as a college quarterback. And you're having to replace a guy that led you to two national titles. Blake, what about the defense? The defense didn't show up against Alabama. Joe, they did not show up twice against Alabama. They did not show up against Ohio State. You know who did? Big Daddy Stetson. Okay, two things here. First of all, Stetson Bennett was a if great college quarterback. Sucks, I swear Wait. to God I'm going to punch you in your in your. He doesn't suck. You know, I've never said he sucks. That was never my argument. But it's not like he's Joe Burrow that you have to replace. That's not Joe what we're Burrow talking never about. won back-to-back national titles, though, Joe. That's my point. You you have to come like, to a realization. Okay. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just pull back for a quick second here. The same thing I said in January, Blake, is it is, is consistent here now. You picked you to be Georgia. He was a part of a national championship winning team. He personally did not win them a national championship. Joe Burrow is a big reason why LSU won the national championship. And if you put a different quarterback on the team, I don't know if the result's the same. I know that I could, could have grabbed a number of different SEC quarterbacks and dropped them on, onto that roster, and I they would have gone on. To, they would have gone on to win a national championship game, uh, the, uh, a national championship. They're going to be fine with Carson Beck. Then what the happened with the Bryce Young and CJ? So and what happened with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud? 
they didn't have the supporting cast that Stetson no. has. That's my point. That's why I'm not worried about Carson. C.J. Stroud had a third and six that he, if he would have converted it, they would have won the game. He fumbled. Literally. You yes. know who didn't fumble? Stetson. But my whole point here is that the supporting cast, the roster, the depth that is coming up for the next group, the offensive line, the defensive line, the secondary, the linebackers, all of that is just as good as last year. And at some positions, they're improving. I don't think that Car- Carson Beck would have to be the worst quarterback in the SEC That's not for there true, to be a concern though. at the quarterback position. That's not true because you just had the first and first overall and second overall pick did not go to a natty and got beat by Stetson to do it. My point is experience, experience nine times out of ten when it's a late game and it's tied. Experience is going to trump your talent. It is. It absolutely will. That team does not have defensively enough experience at a lot of positions that you say, okay, uh, who was the defensive tackle last year? Uh, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter and then Jordan Davis before that. Remember when Alabama beat them in the SEC championship game? Oh, look how lazy they've gotten. Look how lazy they've gotten. You don't know about the kids behind him. Losing Bear Alexander is a big deal. It's a massive deal that nobody – Joe, it is name – their, name their interior defensive lineman and the experience that they have. Why are teams that have won national titles, six of the last seven national title winners, had at least at least 20% senior retention rate on their teams? The experience level in the upperclassmen, though, for Georgia is different for most programs. A lot of those guys didn't play significant reps. And Kirby Smart even mentioned how Quay Walker didn't really play as a junior. He steps in as as a senior, and then he goes on to be a first-round pick. They have a very different roster structure than most teams. But what I'm trying to get at here is after they won the first national championship, we were talking to ourselves and saying, nationally we were saying, what happens if Stetson Bennett comes back? Does he get beaten out by Brock Vandergriff? And he was considered to be average up until the final few games of the season. And then suddenly, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of college football. The narrative on him One of the greatest flipped. quarterbacks in college football, though, Joe. The and narrative so- on him flipped so quickly. And it's all it, we talked about him just having to be average. All you need is an average-level quarterback with that roster to win a national championship. I highly disagree with that because average quarterbacks do not make the throws that he did in the fourth quarter to win against Ohio State. They don't. I don't want to backtrack too much on a debate that we had in January, but I really – I'm not worried about Carson Beck. I I think that – I'm not worried about Carson Beck, but at the same time, when it's a close game and he does not have the experience, you have to admit that there's a question mark that you don't have answered. Fair. I'll give you that. It's still a question mark. Okay. Still a question mark. Anything else Kirby said? I I will say this. Pat Forty is the biggest – how does the SEC allow guys like Pat Forty in and not others? That and don't just leave it there. Leave it right there. Okay. Good question. Good question. How are you going to let Pat Forty in there? Who, by the way, let let let's call it what it is. Pat Forty got called out by the NCAA and the IARP and said, "Hey, remember that article you wrote about some of the basketball coaches? 
Not only was it unfounded, we found out through sourcing that it wasn't true. But what you exactly was the what was the qu- he, the exact question he that asked he asked? And he goes, Coach, um, you know, you had some deaths on your team not too long ago, which Kirby talked about very eloquent, eloquent, eloquently. And he goes, but you getting a bunch of speeding tickets. And Kirby says, basically what Kirby's saying, hey, Pat, you dumbass. Do you really think I want kids out there speeding? Like, have you asked yourself that question? You big-nosed, slick, white-back-haired piece of dog manure. Joe, do you really think Kirby wants his kids out there speeding? It, it's just a typical question to generate a reaction and hoping that Kirby gets upset. Like, I, th- those questions just piss me off. I, it, it's, it is ridiculous. The scrutiny that Kirby faces right now is, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He, it's undeserved. We're talking about traffic tickets, Joe. We're talking about traffic tickets. In July. In July. Because of, unfortunately, due to some very bad things that happened, people died. Do you think Kirby told them, hey, guys, go out there and start speeding? And also, you can't control a lack of discretion from a 20-year-old. You just He can't. also told Pat Forty, he goes, hey, Pat, I used to be 18 to 21 and played at the University of Georgia. I know what's going on. Okay? Also, like. I also like, I mean, I point to the fact that how many times have, have you gotten a speeding ticket and then for the next couple of weeks you've been really careful and then you just go back to speeding again? Like that, that happens to me. I do it's that now. Little- like if I see the, you know, I do that now. Like, hey man, come on. I'm just trying to get hold of my family. Like I'm not, yeah. I know I'm over the speed limit a little. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's turned into a, quite a ridiculous headline. All right. Another thing we got to get to is yeah. Jimbo Fisher. Yes. You ready? Go ahead. So in case you missed it, Jimbo Fisher was asked a football-related question about Bobby Petrino, his new offensive coordinator. <laughs> I, Joe, I don't really know how where to go with this. He was asked if he was going to call plays, and he goes, well, why would I tell you that? That acts a pretty good impression of Jimbo. Thank I, you. I, I don't know what we were expecting – and I also I don't know who asked the question. I don't know what that person was expecting. I all the credit to them for asking the question because I wish I wish we got some of an answer. Jimbo, just admit to us the guy's going to call plays. We he wouldn't have t- passed up on other opportunities if it didn't mean he, he wouldn't have stopped plays. being a head coach if he didn't have guarantees that he was going to call plays. Bingo. <laughs> I mean, I don't just it's annoying. Jimbo is. He's a complete polar opposite of Kirby. He, I, I was listening to him do, going one-on-one with, with Feinbaum, and he's just – he doesn't care. He does not care with the way that he responds to questions. He just – he jabs right back. I, I don't I, – I, I'm not the biggest fan of the way that he carries himself, and it's maybe part of my bias against him. But just give us the answer, Jimbo. We know what it is. Just tell us well, the answer. He, here's the thing. We've seen coaches in the past – Look, a lot of people have gotten on the Dabo Sweeney lately in reference to him being meddling in the offense too much. Okay. They bring in Garrett Riley. We saw, you know, we were talking about LSU earlier. A lot of people are comparing Jimbo Fisher to Les Miles in the sense of, look, man, you got to evolve or die. Okay. 
I just, for whatever reason, okay, I just think that he wants the the talk to be because look, this is what happens, and this is what the common fan or the common media member who never played football a day in their life don't understand. Yeah. During the season, you don't have a lot of time to break down film because you got NIL, you got the portal, you got recruiting, you got family, you got practice, so many things that you have going on. You're going to be breaking down film during the week, but it's not enough time. When you break down film is of teams right now. And what teams are having to do for AM, they're having to break down Petrino and having game plans set for them. They're also having to have game plans for what Jimbo Fisher did last year and has been doing. It's just very hard for me to believe, Joe, that at the end of the day when it's all said and done and the book's written, that Bobby Petrino's not going to call plays. Now, here's also a a very – and Hugh Freeze talked about this today too. They asked him, hey, Hugh, are you going to call plays? He goes, no. When I was at Liberty, I kind of gave that up because I wanted to manage – but he goes, listen, there was times in like the second quarter we'd be up three touchdowns. I would start calling plays because I needed to see something. I needed mm-hmm. to see their adjustments, and I would start calling plays. Like, I wouldn't visibly call the plays on a play card. I would I would radio up and say, hey, Joe, let's let's run X, Y, and Z because I want to see what the safety is going to do here. And they, and, and they do it, okay? There's so many things that Jimbo's involved in, as, and any coach that's a CEO manager – I don't think that people realize he's still going to be highly involved in this. And I do think two brains are better than one. If Jimbo can let the reins back a little bit, which, by the way, Joe, he confirmed yesterday that he's not in these offensive meetings, which tells me that he can't be calling places if he's not in these offensive meetings. Well, wait. Yes, that makes that is the that is what the answer should be. But I feel like knowing Jimbo's personality, that's not going to stop him. Like I, I he, oh no, it wouldn't stop him. He comes off as the type of person that even if he's not involved with the game planning, he might still find ways to really heavily influence the decision making. Well, doesn't, really, Brian, doesn't Brian Kelly? Doesn't Ryan Day? I mean, yeah. look, Brian Day gave up play calling. Nobody's going to issue him about Brian Hartline. Okay, like well, nobody. And look, well, because they they went to the college football playoff last year, and and Jimbo went five and seven. So that's what the difference. I'm going to use a quote from Billy Bean. Do you know who Billy Bean is? Yeah. Yep. Money Billy ball. Bean, Moneyball. By the way, shout out to our good friends, uh, friend Stephen Bishop, who was on our show. Billy Bean said this famously: "Joey, don't matter where you were if you don't win the last game of the year. It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. Okay, you can build off momentum." But Ryan Day has the same exact situations. So does Dabo. But it's Jimbo because, and look, you want to know why Jimbo doesn't care? You talked about this earlier. You know why he doesn't care? Because he's got $85 fucking million guaranteed that if you fire him, it doesn't matter what you think. I, I said this last night. You know who Jimbo is? Who? He's the rock. You don't want to know why? Because he just puts it out shit results. Matter. Why? You, because you get it. Like it doesn't matter why. Because he's got eighty-five million fucking dollars in the bank. Yes. Why but would my he point, care? <laughs> right? He doesn't care. 
My perception, though, and kind of how I think that this is going to play out is Petrino's calling the plays. He's going to call the plays at the beginning of the season. And undeservedly, he is going to have a crazy gut reaction and an overreaction. And somebody commented this. He's going to have an overreaction to a couple bad series, and he's going to yank the decision-making right back to him. I don't think he's going to do the that. The train's going to fall off the track. He just seems like an, a, a micromanager. He does. He just. I. I don't like his. I don't like the way that that, that he has handled things over the past couple of seasons. I, I feel that Jimbo is probably one of the most overhyped coaching names in college football. Yes, he won a national championship. Yes, he dominated at Florida State for a brief period of time. But he has not come. Talk about complacency. He hasn't gotten anywhere close to what he did at Florida State. Is that a Texas A&M problem or is that a Florida State problem? I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. I think it's a little bit of both. Because I think he's complacent. You haven't even been really close, relatively close, of winning a national championship since World War II was over with. Mm -hmm. I mean, at some point, it might be you. I mean, brother, I I mean, sometimes it might be your ass. Like, maybe you might need to look in the mirror a little bit. I I do think that they, they are the most... To me, they are the most intriguing team in the SEC. They have to be, Joe, because you don't know what's going to happen with them offensively. They have arguably the best defensive line in the country. Yes, Georgia included. Joe, they have three guys in the interior that are going to be first-round picks. They do. You can't argue with that. I think Illinois' defensive line is better. I'm not going to – Provide any evidence for that. Oh, statement. you're only saying that because Brett Bielema quote tweeted you. No, I firmly believe that statement. I think they have they have one of the best defensive lines right. in the country. Here's the truth. You ready? Uh-huh. I know that you're now a Brett Bielema homer because he quote tweeted no, no, you. No, no, you no, 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 no. I was oh, an no. Illinois supporter before this. Brett, I, okay. You do not have the best interior defensive line in the country. It's not true. They don't in the country, but they have a better one than Texas A&M. Uh, not also not true. Joe, I will I will pay for you and your girlfriend to go on an expensive steak dinner. At the end of the year, we're going to sit here and say you're going to sit here and say, "Oh, okay. Mr. Mr. Blake, you are right. That interior defensive line has top three, probably top twenty overall picks." And I'm going to be like, "I, no, no, I'm going to take this a step further. I bet you that Jerjon Newton and Keith Randolph both go in the top 100." You ever seen? The- you ever seen the? Uh, you know what I'm talking about when I say the Snoop Dogg meme. Who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get to know, man. Get to <laughs> know them. They're going to be top. Both of them are going to be top 100 picks. I promise you that. I, I promise like you that. Now. Who? How many licks does it get? To- <laughs> D- d- doubt, doubt him as you much as much as you want. There's one no, really good player on Texas M's defensive line, and 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 the rest of it's fine. They're uh, good players. Walter Nolan not- and McKinley Jackson say hello. We'll see if they actually produce so the results. I'm still, so yet, I'm still yet to see them. Who play up to play up to the level that you're describing? Well, that has a. I mean, I'm gonna leave that alone. Okay. Walter Nolan and McKinley Jackson are arguably the two best interior defensive dudes in the country. It's not, I, I digress. All right. One last thing, cause we don't, we're kind of running out of time here. I do want to get to yeah. Brent Venables um, next. Anything else from SC media days that stuck out to you? 
Uh, you want to hit on Clark Lee? The only thing that I'll say on Clark Lee is, look, I think they're going to get to six wins, Joe. I, I think they're talented enough. I think that they have developed well enough to where they can get there. I think that there's a buy-in and a momentum there. I think the swan kid at quarterback is better than people give him credit for. Joe, he threw eight touchdowns last four games and really didn't have a lot of weapons. Now he's starting to get those weapons. They got a better offensive line. Joe, I'm going to tell you right now, I think that I think they go into Gainesville and can beat Florida again. I do think that they can beat, can beat Kentucky. That's just where I feel with them. I, I like Clark Lee as a head coach. I think they're a highly well coach, and I think Barton Simmons, for all the shit that he's gotten over the years, mm-hmm. has gone out and, and, and scouted really good three-star players that they could develop. They've developed them now. And, Joe, here's the crazy part about it. They are deep. They got juniors and seniors everywhere in this thing. It's a little scary to think about when you look at Vandy. All the South Carolina losers are going to hate this statement that oh, you know, pissed off at me. I, I actually am more optimistic of the upside and the potential for Vanderbilt than I am for South Carolina. I think we unjustifiably crowned oh, South Carolina great. this great football team. But I agree with everything you just said. I think that Clark Lee is a much better head coach than Shane Beamer. I think that Clark Lee deserves the extension that he receives. And I think that where they're located in Nashville, there is not a, a, any reason why they can't dominate in recruiting for all of the academically minded kids that come from the South. They can pull all the guys that have been leaving the South and going to play at, at Notre Dame or elsewhere and they can keep them within that region. Absolutely can. It's a great university. It is a great area to be in. And plain and simple, Clark Lee is just a really freaking good football coach. I was so upset that he left Notre Dame when he did because it, it completely disrupted any chance of them finishing the season the way that I hoped that they would have. But he is just such a hard-nosed, great coach. And I think that, as you talked about, we are seeing the development of this roster. But most importantly, a lot of those guys are staying. A lot of those guys are sticking around. I'm not going that far. I am not going that far. I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games. I'm just saying that they're going to win six and that they're better than South Carolina. If they're going to win six games, that means somebody has to suck, and it's South Carolina. Mm, You're too high on Kentucky, buddy. You're way too high on Kentucky. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm right where I need to be with Kentucky. Okay, no, you're not. All right. Uh, Last thing before we start wrapping the show up and get out of here. The the comments today, in in case you missed it, and Joe, you could probably paraphrase better than I could. Can you paraphrase this thing that's going on with Brent Venables and Dion? I I mean, I listened to the clip. So Brent Venables, the Oklahoma head coach, uh, apparently took shots. At Dion, but they asked him a question on this radio bit in reference to about building a team and him not completely just whitewashing his entire team. And he said, look, I, I mean, I, I gave the kids that were there 12 months. And if you can't buy into what we're doing, you got to leave. I said, I just didn't do it like Dion. He didn't trash Dion. Yeah, I mean, the statement that he made is exactly what you just said, which is. I gave them a 12-month grace period to fit into the culture, to buy in, and if they didn't, then, you know, you're out. you got to figure out where you're going to go. This does 
feel like one of those instances in the off season where we're kind of just pulling a quote and we're reacting to it. No, it I feels... think even in a season, Joe, that if you start naming a head coach and saying when he's saying that it would still be headlines on it. I, yeah, I don't think that he meant it in a demeanor and in a way that he was trying to say that that Dion, what he did was wrong and inappropriate. I think it was just I didn't want to kick guys out. I, I took over a team that had a bunch of guys that were already here, and I wanted to give them a period of time to get acclimated, and if they weren't going to fit, then it was time for them to move on. Dion had a different approach. I don't actually disagree with Dion's approach. I, I, I think that the way that he did it is more blatantly honest than any coach in the country is willing to be. I still, even if this is a shot, I still side with Dion because as I said before, when we talked about this transfer portal craziness a while ago, I'd rather have a coach tell me to my face, you're not going to play. You should leave than for him to lie to me, lie to me and make me stick around and then never get onto the field. I, 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 here's the thing, Joe. I, well, number one, I don't completely agree with what Dion did. Okay. I agree that he has the ability to do what he did. I don't agree with how he handled it. Okay, like I, I can I okay. can agree. Two things can be true at once. I can agree that he can do whatever he wants. I also don't have to agree that he has to cut everybody. I'm bringing my bags and, Lu, and, and their name Louie. Uh, okay, buddy, you haven't won a game in the Power 5 level yet. Like you might want to calm down just a tad. I know you're Dion. But he's asked Brent Venables has asked a very specific question about what he did to rebuild a culture that Lincoln Riley completely screwed up. And he said, I gave the kids that were there 12 months, and you have three things you have to do. If you can't do it, you're gone. He's basically saying, I did the same kind of thing Dion did, not like Dion. But if you can't get with the program here, you're gone, buddy. Mm. And you that's all that he's saying. Why things like this become such headlines and national headlines? I don't get it. And you well, know, he's not doing. Else? Yeah, oh, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Well, no, I was going to say he's not doing himself any favors by bringing up and naming Dion. That was his mistake. He shouldn't have done that. He didn't mean to take a shot at him, but because he named him. He took a shot at him. If he was more indirect about it, I don't think we would have been talking about this. Well, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Okay. Why are there no headlines about what Kirby Smart said about Eli Drinkwitz today? Do you think that was serious, though? They're really good friends. Right. I think he was just dicking around. I think no, they're really kidding. they're actually really good friends. Like I had a buddy of mine. Right. That's team, what I'm saying. Is he's probably yeah, giving they're, him they're actually really close from uh -huh. what I understand. My point is, okay, my point is, everybody, by the way, everybody loves Eli Drinkwitz. And I, as a human being, I, I will just tell he's you. a dork. Um, he's a very cool dork. Okay. I like Eli, dude. You don't like Eli? He's fine. Okay. He's fine. Well, anyway, why is nobody saying anything about Kirby and Drinkwitz? You want me to tell you why? Because then they would have to tell Kirby that to his face. Right. And you know what the media is a bunch of? <laughs> you, you ready for this? They're soft. No. What? L7 
when <laughs> what name that movie i you, uh, you told me it earlier is if, it was if Sandlot. It was Sandlot. Okay. You said it earlere. It was Sandlot. I did. We we established a bad L seven weenies, bro. Losers. I don't disagree with you, though. I think that this was uh, we're 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 blowing something out of proportion that didn't need to be blown out of proportion. Agreed. Agreed. But here we are, as we always are, blowing something out of proportion. Exactly. For what reason it's be unknown to me. We're talking heads, that's what we do. No, no, <laughs> no. We don't talk like that. That's fair. We're a little bit better than this. Well, and then you got like, did you see Willie Bloomquist, the Arizona State head coach today? A poor a kid. So a kid baseball coach. The, he's at Arizona State. He's a baseball coach. Okay. And he said, a kid went to the portal. He went to Ole Miss, went to an SEC school. He goes, yes, he went on with 247 and said, yeah, his teammates are glad he's gone. He sucked as a kid. He sucked as a person. Jeez. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Talk about yeah, unapologetic. Dude, like, Holy crap. Baseball guys are weird, I, man. They do stay. Oh, calm stuff down. Like no, they're not. Compared to football players, football players aren't, would never say something like that. That's such a baseball coach thing to do. Um, baseball players are a lot more dramatic than football players. N Joe, I've um, no. Come on, yes, both. No, they're not. If you had to pick which one was more dramatic, which one would you say? Oh, uh, football. Really? You think that football players are more dramatic than baseball players? No doubt. In in a more individualized, have you sport. met? Tyreek Hill. Have you met Odell? Good point. Okay, good point. That's okay. a good point. That's Have good point. you met uh who's the guys? Who's the new running back for the Saints? He, he was with Detroit last year. Jamal Williams. Jamal. Have you met Jamal Williams? Uh <laughs> they would never take a shot at a teammate, though. Bro, you have a quarterback in Kyler Murray that everybody thinks is weird. And the dude decided to play football. Mm -hmm. He's a he baseball player. No, he's not. He's a football player. He's never played baseball. He never played Major League Baseball. But he he has the demeanor of a baseball player. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being stupid. He has the demeanor of being on the movie Willy Wonka. <laughs> All right. Settle down. It's <laughs> not that short. He's just the same height as me. He's like an inch shorter than me. Let's 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 settle that down here. Let's I let's mean, let's not go around calling people short. Let's not go around calling people short. You called Bryce Young short. No, I didn't. I didn't give him. By the way, do you know? Speaking of Stetson Bennett, did you know that Stetson Bennett was taller than Bryce Young? Yeah, but that doesn't make him a better quarterback. It's perfectly average. By the way, Drew Brees was has never been six foot a day in his life. I just want to say yeah. we're talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. We will see y'all Friday, but we have a special announcement. Yes. News coming. News coming. We'll see y'all then. Peace.